We're so thankful for the privilege of being called sons and daughters of God. Father, we stand in your presence today looking to you to help us. We ask in the name of Jesus that um, you minister your word through uh, to us in a, in a powerful way that brings us into a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, we give you thanks ahead of time in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. <clears throat> now, let's open our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians 10 and a couple of verses in 1 Corinthians 12 and then I would explain some stuff. Like I said, we're going to be having communion together this morning, but I'm, I'm looking at it from a different perspective today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, the Bible says that the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? And the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body. For we all partake of that one bread. You know, Jesus said in 1 Corinthians 11, he said that this bread is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. So this bread represents my body. And, and we know that when we gather around the Lord's table and we're having communion, we think about or we remember what that body or what that bread represents. It represents the body of Christ. And that body was broken so that our physical body may not be broken. And it's a great place to claim your healing, isn't it? Because we know that by his stripes, we are healed. As his body was broken for me, my body does not need to be broken. And the Lord's table is a great place to appropriate that and the benefits of that in your life. But then this verse brings out the fact that the body also represents something else. Not just the physical body of Jesus that was broken for your healing, but the body also represents his spiritual body, which is the body of Christ. That you and I are part of. So it says that the bread we break. It is our celebration of the body of Christ. It is our celebration of the fact that you and I are part of his body. And his physical body was broken. So that his spiritual body may be one. So Paul is saying that. As we break bread, is it not the communion? The word communion is koinonia. Is it not the fellowship of the body of Christ? Are we not celebrating the fact that we are part of this unique thing called the body of Christ? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says, for as the body is one. Everyone say the body is one. It says, for as the body is one and has many members, for all members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, whether you come from a religious background 
are um, a non-religious background, whether slaves or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many members. When you get born again and the spirit of God comes into your heart, you are baptized into a universal body called the body of Christ. You become a member of that body. Now, the picture of, a, of the body of Christ is, is very much like the... Uh, we can draw lessons from a physical body uh, from the picture of the body of Christ. Christ only has one personality. He's not many, he's one, isn't he? And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12 that he is the head of the body. The body of Christ only has one head. And who is that head? He is Christ, isn't it? But how many of you know the head, your head cannot do very much alone. You need your body, don't you? And everybody has many members. As a matter of fact, each part of your body gets its identity based on the context in which it is placed. The reason why this is called a hand is because of my function within the context of the body. If you cut this hand off the body, um, does it remain a hand? You can say it looks like a hand, but can it function like a hand? Yeah? So that means that your identity as a Christian, the way God has organized this thing, your identity is, is based on your context within the body. You are born again into a body. Jesus is not your Lord and private Savior. He's your Lord and personal Savior. So what that means is, yes, you commune with God personally, but you know what? He is going to bless you within the context of his body. Uh, are you with me? Because you are a member. Everyone say, I'm a member of the body of Christ. It means that your nourishment, your identity comes in the context of your place in the body what you do affects the body and what the body does affects you you cannot operate effectively as a christian outside the context of his body because we have all been baptized into his body and we're all members of his body when you are in pain it is the body that will pass nourishment to you are you with me if your hand is in pain and you take a tablet, the nourishment is going to go through your body to the hand, isn't it? And let us, let us think about this. Let us think about this. Because in like manner, when you are in pain, Jesus is going to respond to you through his body. And we've already seen that happen already. We just had a powerful testimony where there was prayer in secret. But then God wanted to respond to them. God loves his people. But he responds to you through his body because you are a member of his body. And that is how he passes nourishment to you. When you are weak, he will use his body to pass his strength to you. When you are strong, he will use your strength to meet the weakness of another part of his body. That is how Christ is. When he wants to speak, he is the head. He uses his body to speak. 
when he wants to move, he moves through his body. He is as dependent on his body as his body is dependent on him. And his body is dependent on one another. So you will never experience fulfillment in Christ outside the context of your place in his body. There will always be a gaping hole in your heart because you are born to serve. You are born again to serve him by serving his body. You can't serve Jesus if you don't serve his body. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to talk on matters of identity. You know, the way God works is very different from the way man works. Look at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And that's why Paul says that the bread we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? Ephesians 4.11, he says, and he himself, that's Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. Till we all come. Everyone say we all come. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, we don't have a lot of time to break this down. But um, in your time of meditation, I would recommend that you take those verses and meditate on them. But these verses are really talking about God's secret of, for spiritual growth. The way we grow up spiritually. You know, when you get born again, you're like a spiritual baby and you need to grow. Uh, are you with me? And the Bible says that we grow up into Christ, who is the head. And when we grow up, we're no longer like babies that are tossed to and fro. By every wind of doctrine, you know, there's a fad today, we rush in that direction. There's a, another fad tomorrow, we rush in that direction. We are confused. Whoever is the, you know, is the loudest person is the person we listen to. He says, God doesn't want you to be babies. He wants you to be stable. He wants you to grow up in love. Amen. Because when you grow up in God, you are growing up in love because God is love. Any growth that does not have a manifestation in practical love is not spiritual growth. Because when you grow in God, you grow in love. But then he says something interesting. He says the whole body, the way the whole body grows, the whole body builds itself up. Everyone said the body builds itself up. The body strengthens itself. The way the body strengthens itself is by what every joint supplies in the effective working in the measure of every part. So basically the whole body strengthens itself as each part of the body fulfills its function. Are you with me? 
That's the way the body strengthens itself. Stop looking at the head to strengthen the body. No, the way the head has organized this is for the body to strengthen itself by what he has given each member. Are you with me? So don't say the body is weak. No, add your supply to the growth of the body because this body called the body of Christ strengthens itself by what each person does. You know, the way your hands develop strength is through exercise, isn't it? I mean, a little baby doesn't have much strength, but then you start teaching the baby how to button his shirt. And through that process of taking care of his body, the hand gets strengthened. Yeah, that, that's the only way strength comes. Yes, they have to feed, but they have to exercise as well, don't they? Yeah, so every part of your body gets strengthened and gets developed as you recognize what your part is and you begin to serve the body with that, that grace you have. You might say, well, I don't have a lot of strength in my hands. Well, start exercising it and start using it to serve your body and over time the strength will develop. You know, people talk about, you know, um, you know, I'm preaching the word and they talk about how inspired they get when I preach the word and I thank God for that. But it didn't fall on me from heaven. Uh, are you with me? Yes. Thank God for the anointing of God and the grace of God. But the same grace everybody has. Alright? Because God has called us into our own part in the body and he has given us grace. He has given us supernatural ability. But do you know how it happened? I began to serve with the little I had. And an incredible thing happened to me. I'm giving you my own testimony. With the little I had. It began by reading books that were inspired. And I went to teach what I read. Are you with me? I mean, somebody told me a few weeks ago, you know, he's based in Ghana and he has the opportunity to start preaching the word. And he said, Carlton, you know, I need to tell you up front that what I'm going to be doing is on, on, during the week, I will download your message from the website and then I'll go preach it. All right? And I said, do it because I used to do the same. That's how I started to. All right. I even remember one day I, I laid, you know, I was going to preach and I just listened to the tape and I laid my hands on the tape for some anointing. Those days are gone forever. All right. But I, I had to start with the little I had. And as I aimed to serve the body, I didn't just say, you know, I'm going to run away for three years and just stay in the room and pray. That's not how it works. Yeah. You serve with what you have. And, and as, as I began to serve with what I had, the Lord started giving me revelation. And then I began to serve some more. And he gave me revelation. I began to serve some more. That is exactly how it works. This, that's the way it works physically. And that's the way it works spiritually as well. We grow by serving his body. You know, if you won 500 million pounds today. Someone says amen to that. Honestly, if we want 500 million pounds today and all you did was just live a life of leisure, you know, went to the south of France. Okay, let me, let me not, let me not talk through, let me not give the example because you think I've meditated on it a little bit much because I've got details. But if all you did was just live a life of leisure, after a couple of years, you will be depressed. There are a lot of people like that. They have a lot of money and they're just depressed. Because life, you were not created to just live a life of leisure. 
Money was never meant to be the objective of your life. Uh, because the mandate in the beginning, when God blessed man, he said, man and woman, he said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion. We are created to subdue. We are created to apply the energy God has given us against the challenges of the world and bring them into subjection. Uh, are you with me? We are created to exercise ourselves and bring the, the nature and the life of God into the areas around us. We are created to do stuff. We are created to work. Are, are you with me? Not just work for money, but exercise that sense of dominion. If you, are not, if you don't have goals that drive you, you are going to be bored. It doesn't matter how much money you have. And everybody understands that. Spiritually as well. Some people say, you know, I, I feel my spiritual life is empty. You know, maybe it's a problem with the church. Maybe it's a problem with the place, you know, the things they are teaching me in church. Maybe I'm not praying enough. No, you are created to serve. Are you with me? The joy of the Lord will be restored in your life as you begin to exercise yourself in the place he has called you. And you begin to serve his body and begin to serve one another. Joy will rise from a place you do not know. On the inside of you. Because you are fulfilling the reason for your birth. Because you are born again into the context of a body. You have a part to play. And your destiny is to strengthen the body through the supply that you have been given. Okay? And that is why the Bible says in Galatians 5.13, it says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. It says, through love, serve one another. So this is a, kind, a different kind of liberty. This liberty is freedom to serve him. Everyone say liberty. is freedom to serve him. Say it again. Liberty is freedom to serve him. The domination of darkness over our lives have been broken through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says for this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest to lose us from the domination of the devil. So we are free to serve him now. But the way we serve him is by serving his people. That's the way we serve God. We serve God by serving his people. We serve God by serving his people. We serve God by serving his people with the grace that he has given us. You know, we know the proverb of the story in, in Matthew 25 where Jesus was talking to his disciples. In Matthew 25, 34, he says, the king will say to those on, the, on my right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer and say, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and in prison? And Jesus said, assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you do it to one of the least of these brethren, you do it to me. You do it to me. We serve him by serving people. 
You know, Mother Teresa said, she said, we contemplate on Jesus. And then we go out to look for him in disguise. She said, we contemplate on Jesus and then we go and look for him in disguise. The people around you who are in need are Jesus in disguise. That's Jesus that you are serving. That's Jesus in disguise. And that's why the Bible says that we should not forsake the assembly together of one another. Don't forsake the assembly of believers as the habit of some is. Don't get into a habit of not coming to church. It's a bad habit. It is a bad habit. Because this is where you will find Jesus. And this is where Jesus will minister to you. You know, I was speaking to somebody this week and she made a statement. She said, well, because I said, I haven't seen you in church for a while. She said, well, I have such a hunger for Jesus. And, and I feel that church, not high life particularly, but just church in general, is not meeting that need. And I thought, what a great deception. Now, if this, this was a church where we met every day of the week, I could say that church was getting in the way of your seeking the Lord. But we meet for two hours in a whole week. We don't meet enough. Uh, are you with me? And uh, we need to meet some more. But this is the place that you will find Jesus. Here. This is where you will find Jesus. You will not find Jesus outside the context of his body. In fact, when you pray in secret and you have a heart for God, what will God do? He will connect you to his body. When Cornelius was, was, was praying and seeking God, what did the Lord do? He sent an angel to send for Peter. He connected him with his body. That is how God will meet your need. That's the way he has organized this thing. So where should I serve? Got six more minutes. Where should I serve? Where do I serve in his body? Turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Where do I serve? Very important question. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, the Lord has set us in his body as it pleased him. Where do I serve in his body? Where do I serve? That's it, 1 Peter. Okay, good. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Where do I serve in his body? Where have I been set? Verse 10 says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As each one, everyone say each one. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You know, I believe that you are shaped to serve. Because the Bible says you've already received the gift. Everyone say, I'm shaped to serve. Say it again, I'm shaped to serve. Your shape determines the part of the body you are called to serve. That's why your hand is shaped a certain way. Yeah? That's why your feet are shaped a certain way. That's why your nose is shaped a certain way. Your shape determines where you are called to serve. So all you need to do is identify your shape. And you know where you're called to serve. You know where your grace is. And you can start serving Jesus in that capacity. 
SHAPE is a simple acronym where S stands for spiritual gift. Everyone say spiritual gift. S stands for spiritual gift. H stands for heart. Everyone say heart. A stands for ability. Everyone say ability. P stands for personality. Everyone say personality. And E stands for experiences. Everyone say experiences. So what is S? Spiritual gift. What is H? Heart. What is A? Ability. What is P? Personality. What is E? Experiences. We are shaped to serve. Start with what is your spiritual gift? What is the spiritual gift that God has given you? The Bible says we have gifts different, differing according to the grace that has been given to us. Let us use these gifts. What spiritual gift are you noticing in your life? Is it a gift to teach? Is it a gift to serve? Do you have some spiritual gifts like prophecy? What are the gifts you notice in your life? What, is, what are your spiritual gifts? Position yourself in a place to serve with those gifts. Number two, what is your heart? Philippians 2.13 says, it's God at work within you. Creating within you the desire and, the, and, the, and giving you the power and desire to do his will. What is it that you are passionate about? What do you love to do? What is your heart? That is where the grace of God is at work within you. Position yourself in a place that lines up with what you have a desire for. What is it you are passionate about? Are you passionate about children? Are you passionate about injustice happening in some context or the other? What is your heart? That is an indication of where the grace of God is at work within you. What are your abilities? In 2 Corinthians 3, 5, the Bible says our qualification comes from God. What competence do you have? What is your area of competence? Use that. Lend that to the people of God and serve in that capacity. What personality type do you have? You know, if you're an introvert, you don't want to be a greeter at the door or an usher. Are you with me? Because it will put a lot of stress on your life. God has not called us for stress. He has called us for ease and freedom in him. Yeah? What is your personality type? There are areas where your personality type will... Are you someone that likes to listen to people? Do you, are you full of empathy? You need to get involved in altar ministry, in counseling, where you listen to people and minister to people. What are the experiences that you have had in life? What are the experiences you have had in life? How can you use those experiences as a business person? How can you even use some of the failures you've had to serve other people? Jesus said, bless, oh, the Bible says that bless God who is the God of all comfort. For through the comfort that we have received, he causes us to comfort others with the same comfort we've received from him. What are the bad experiences that God has comforted you from? And, and, and you are able to lend the same comfort to others. What are the experiences you've had? That you can share with others and cause others in the body to be strengthened and full of life. You and I have already been shaped to serve. Everyone say, I'm shaped to serve. Or say it like you believe it. I'm shaped to serve. Your destiny is linked to your identification and obedience to that place in the body that you have been called to serve. I believe that when you respond to your shape 
and you begin to minister your gift to one another, you will grow up spiritually. You will grow up spiritually. You will grow up spiritually. You know, the word minister is an interesting word. It comes from the Greek word diakonos. And the history of that word is from Greek culture. You know, amongst the Greeks, in a Greek home, they had servants for everything. And they had one particular servant called the wine servant. So whenever you invited guests to your home, um, you would have a serv servant that would serve the food. And you had a servant standing next to each guest. And all he did was focus on filling the glass of wine. That's his job. Okay? We Nigerians love servants, but we haven't even got to that level yet. Well, at least I'm not aware of. Well, who knows? <laughs> so he was the wine servant, and that was his job. And the diaconus, all he did was hasten to the wine. So as soon as this, the, the guest had a sip of his, his cup, you know, he didn't wait until the wine, um, the, the wine was finished. He would quickly hasten and fill it. Hasten and fill it. He will be looking at that wine level and hasten and fill it. That's the history of the word diaconus, where we get deacon or minister. A deacon, a minister, somebody who serves, is someone who hastens to minister to the people of God. They hasten. They are not cajoled. They are not called. They are not hoped for. They are not begged. They, are not, they, they hasten. Everyone say hasten. They hasten to serve the guests of the master, which are your brothers and your sisters. So that's why Peter said, as each of you has received a gift, minister it. Hasten to serve one another as stewards of Jesus Christ. As stewards of Jesus Christ. So now we're going to have communion together. I'd like the elements to be distributed across the hall. And as we break the bread and eat the bread and drink the cup, we remember that this is the communion of the body of Christ. We are celebrating the fact that we are born again into the context of a body. We are celebrating the fact that we are members in particular of the body of Christ. And our identity is linked to our function of service. The way my brother is strengthened is by me lending my strength. This needs to be a focus of our operations. It needs to be a specific amount of time in our calendar. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a member of the body of Christ. I am a member in particular. Somebody needs the strength I have to give. Others need my strength. I need the strength of others. I am going to connect with my brothers and sisters because that is the way Jesus is going to minister to me. You are important to his body. His body is important to you. The Bible says we've been made to drink of one spirit. This is where the solution is. This is where Jesus is. He is amongst his people. 